Good morning. Um, I almost feel a bit bad being here this morning speaking because I've not been around for about the last four or five weeks. I've been doing hospital chaplaincy, and then I've been on uh, holiday, uh, and then I was preaching last weekend, uh, the weekend before last weekend, and an old church I used to pastor in, in Coventry. And so I've been around, so I do apologize. You might think this guy only comes when he's preaching. Believe, believe me, uh, it's, it's, it's not like that at all. Uh, I'm delighted to be here this morning. I'm delighted to have the opportunity just to um, sh share with you from, from God's Word. We love God's Word, don't we? At the end of, it, of the day, we, we build our lives upon the truths of God's Word. And uh, God's Word lays foundations in our lives, I believe, that uh, will, will last us for the rest of our lives, and if not into uh, eternity. Um, you might like to turn with me, please, to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. Um, has everybody had a good holiday? Have you had your holiday? Good. We, um, we were in Sweden um, a while ago. Um, Vivian and my, my son and then my, um, my other daughter and son-in-law. We had a great time there in Sweden. Wonderful country. Plenty of... Um, lakes and green mountains, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Daniel chapter 1. I'm going to expound all the book of Daniel this morning. Is that okay? No. <laughs> you said yes. <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be here until Jesus comes. I, I honestly, uh, it's such a fantastic book, Daniel, isn't it really? My hearing aid is buzzing in my ear as well for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. Daniel chapter 1. Uh, let me just throw a, a few verses of Scripture. Sorry, that might not be the right way to say that, but read a few verses of Scripture. Chapter 1, verse 3. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those, uh, these were some from Judah, Daniel, Hanaliah, Mishael, Azariah. The chief official gave them new names to Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, uh, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to devile himself with the royal food and wine. And we might re refer to other verses of scripture in uh, just a little of a while. A number of years ago, when we were in uh, Scotland, we had some visitors uh, who came to see us way up there in the northeast, the place called Fraserburgh. And they brought their little dog with them, and the little dog was called Benji. And one day, we were out for a walk uh, on the, uh, the seacoast. And uh, little Benji wandered into the uh, water, into the sea, and before we knew it, Benji was being carried away by the tide. And my friend, very heroic, 
as he, as he is, wade into the water and rescued Benji, the little dog. And since then, he has been my, my hero. Let me tell you another story. My son Matthew, who's with us this morning, he didn't know I was going to tell this story, but I, I will tell it. Uh, he was in New Zealand many years ago, and he was surfing, and that's what you do when you go to New Zealand, isn't it? You surf a bit. And as he was surfing, he suddenly realized that he was getting further and further from the shore. And, so he tells me, he began to panic a little bit. He began to paddle, and he just was not getting anywhere. And he said a, said a little prayer. Lord, he says, um, uh, I'm in your hands. I, I'm, I, I believe you've got a plan for my life. But, you know, if you can do something for me, will you save me? And no sooner did he say that prayer, and you can ask him to uh, qualify their story to you, he said, a wave from nowhere came and took him on his little surf right into the shore. That's pretty miraculous, isn't it, really? Now, why do I tell you that story? The reason why I tell you that story is because the world is like that, isn't it? It tries to get us to drift with it to go in the same direction as the world is, is going. But for Christians, there's something that we need to do. We need to swim against the tide. We need to swim against the tide. We need to go in the opposite direction. You may have heard the expression, in fact, I'm sure you've heard the expression, when you're in Rome, what? You do as the Romans do. So I forgive you, don't worry. When you're in Rome, you do as the Romans do. In other words, we have to conform to the things round about us. When you're in Rome, you do as the Romans do. But when Paul was writing to the church at Rome, and you read about this from Romans chapter 12, he says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of of your mind. I like the way one translation puts it. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. I like that. I've got my notes in front of me this morning. I usually don't. And the reason why I've got them is because um, just a few minutes ago, I said to my son, say a prayer for me. Sometimes, you know, it's only happened once or twice where I get a bit disoriented in my thinking. And you might say, well, that's not surprising. You're Irish. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I think it's more than that for some reason. Why? This, this just happened a couple of times before. So as you're sitting there, maybe you can just say a little prayer for me that Jim will have clarity in his, in his thinking. And I don't know why it happens. All of a sudden it just happens. For, it's only happened two or three times before. Uh, but I, I can't think too straight, uh, which my wife says is true all the time. All right, but never mind. There is a, there is a painting from the Middle Ages that pro portrays the church as a lifeboat. And the lifeboat is on the sea of life, as it were. And it's tossing in the sea. And the Christians are seeking to pluck out people who are drowning. And they responded to the SOS. But the lifeboat becomes ineffective when the water begins to get into the lifeboat. Understand that. 
And if we're going to be effective, if we're going to be effective in winning this world for Jesus, then we cannot allow the water to get into the lifeboat, as it were. We must be who we are in Christ. Now, in Daniel chapter 1, I, I, I love the story of Daniel. I love the, the, the character of, 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 of Daniel. I, I love his three friends. I remember singing songs in the Sunday school about Daniel and Abednego, etc. Uh, wonderful songs. But, but in, in this story, we read about a, a group of four men, but especially highlighting D Daniel because he's a hero of the faith. Um, and they were probably in their early teens, these guys. Just young guys in a foreign land, but determined to serve God. First of all, they had to swim against the tide. If, if you take away anything this morning, as Christians, we need to swim against the tide of this world. And it's not always easy, is it? First of all, let's look at the, the pressure that they faced. The pressure that they faced was simply this, conform. Conform, do as we do. Daniel, along with his three friends, had been carried off into uh, captivity. And once again, they were just very young people. Uh, but they were serving God in a, in a foreign land. And, and the king, ha king had a, a, a game plan. He, he says, I'm going to indoctrinate these guys for three years. They would be students in the local university uh, where they would be instructed in the language of the, of the Chaldeans. They would get degrees in arts and science, all wonderful stuff. And in addition to this, their Hebrew names were changed to the Babylonian names. Uh, their Hebrew names were linked to the Hebrew God that they served, but the Babylonian names were linked to the pagan gods of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Make your bed, shake your bed, and in the bed you go. <laughs> or, if you want to remember it another way, and I can't even remember what it was I was going to say, so I'll, I'll drop that one, right? Your shack, my shack, and Abednego, that's what it is. And a bungalow, sorry, that's what it is, right. Now, the king had one objective in doing this. He wanted to change how they thought, what they believed, how they conducted themselves. The whole purpose of this training was to, to separate them from their Jewish roots. You could call this whole course Operation Assimilation. Let's get these Jewish boys to think the way that we think. The pressure that they faced, Operation Assimilation. I believe, I believe, um, oh, let me just put that down there. I can't be bothered. <laughs> Once again, I usually don't have notes because it's how I'm thinking at the moment. I believe that we live in a world like Daniel in some respects. It's, it's tempting us to compromise. Can anybody identify with what I'm talking about this morning? Compromise. 
It's okay. It doesn't matter. All right, you're a Christian, but God will forgive you if you do that. It's all right. Compromise. We, we're, we're in a world that we're tempted to do a Demas. Remember when Paul was writing his last epistle to Timothy, he says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. There are two dangers that the church of Jesus, I believe, need to avoid. Escapism and conformism. How are we going to win this world for Jesus? Well, we're not going to win this world for Jesus by escaping from it. In fact, in that great high priestly prayer of Jesus in John 17, he said, I pray that you'll not be taken out of the world, but that you'll be kept from the evil that is in this world. Escapism and conformism. But neither are we going to win this world by being like it. Are you with me? Just nod your head or say, rubbish, I don't care what you do. But sometimes a bit of a response encourages the preacher a little bit, doesn't it? Say heresy. That's okay. I don't mind you if you say that. But we're not going to win this world by escaping from it. Neither are we going to win this world by being like it. Hundreds of years ago, there lived a fellow called, um, I think his name was Simeon Stylites. I don't know if you've ever heard of him in North Africa. He was concerned that the world was getting into the church. So you know what he did? He built a pillar uh, 60 feet high, and he got a, a, a piece of wood one meter across at the top, and he lived up there for 60 years. Now, I think he was really up the pole in more than one sense. But he felt he had to do that because he was being contaminated by the world. And so he wanted to, to, to escape from the world by, 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 by doing that. Now, it is not God's intention that we should preserve our Christian values by escaping from this world. But neither does God expect us to sacrifice them by becoming like this world. There is a balance. The king was trying to squeeze the, these impressionable young Jewish children, really, or teenagers, into a certain way of thinking. And he was saying, conform. And the world all the time is coming to the church of Jesus and, and indirectly it's saying, conform, conform. But we've got to take a stand and we've got to say, no, we're not going to conform. It wants to shape our values and determine our morals, but we must resist. Is there any Star Trek fans here this morning? Could I see those hands? Whoa, wow, yeah, yeah. You need to grow up, really, you know, those. Uh, <laughs> Star Trek, it's okay. It's not, it's not my favorite. I, I, I think I prefer Star Wars. Or Star, but never mind, never mind. Okay, it's okay. There's nothing wrong. It's not a sin if you like, uh, you know, uh, what, was, what was that? Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek. But, but, but there was, in one episode, there was the enemy called the, the, the Borg. I don't, I don't know if you recall that or not. I'm looking at the Star Trek fans to see if they can remember. Now, the, the Borg did not destroy civilizations. Oh, no, they're much more crafty than that. They just conformed them into their image so that they would think and act like a Borg. And they would say, resistance is futile. 
Did any of us remember that episode? Yes, so much. <laughs> Is that how you spend your life, you know, just watching these things on television? You know, it's sinful, really. Christians shouldn't do things like that. They're really wrong, totally wrong, yeah. Resistance is futile. Conform. Conform. That's the pressure they faced. That, that's the pressure that we face as Christians in this world. The pressure that we face is conform. Be like this world. Paul says, don't let the world around you shape you into its mold. The pressure that they faced. Secondly, because all preachers have points. Did you know that? Every preacher has points. <laughs> no. He knows how many pulling his leg. Let's look at the resolve they made. Here, in verse 8, I, I, I do love this. But, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. There were probably thousands of Jews taken to Babylonian captivity. Literally thousands of them. Some of them just seemed to blend in. Like the chameleon. You've heard of the chameleon, have you? That lizard that is able to adopt to its surroundings. Um, and some of those Jewish captives who went into Babylonian captivity, they, they seemed to blend into their surroundings okay. Uh, not so Daniel, but... Whoa, no, not Daniel. Daniel was not going to blend in. He, he was going to stand out like a sore thumb. Just follow the story. They, they drew a, a line in the sand, as it were, and took a stand for the Lord. They said, so far and, and no further. Just read the story in more detail and you'll understand what I'm talking about. When, when Daniel and his three friends went into the palace, it, it would have been the easiest thing in the, in the world just to go with the flow. And hey, you know what I mean by that. When you're at school, when you're at college, in workplace, sometimes the easiest thing to do is just go with the flow. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. They might think you're a bit weird. Just go with the flow. Ah, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Because we've all been there, haven't we? They'll think you're a religious fanatic of you. Just don't join in with them. You'll stick out like a, a sore thumb. Well, of course you will. That's what it's all about, isn't it? It's being different, isn't it? It's not going with the slow flow. Now, they did not seem to mind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, 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 they didn't seem to mind that their, their names were changed. Not, neither did they have any scruples about the, the, the education that they were going to receive, which was probably first rate. But they were not going to eat the king's meat. This was probably because it was food that was forbidden under Jewish law. Kosher, if you want. The Jews had dietary laws. Uh, it may have been sacrificed to, uh, to idols, whatever the reason. Daniel believed it would defile um, his character. So here we see him. 
Here we see Daniel and his three, three friends. Uh, they're, they're, they're between the lion and the deep blue sea. Here they are in, uh, facing a life-death situation because, <laughs> let's face it, what these guys did was pretty, pretty um, brave, wasn't it? I mean, if I had been there, I would have been, oh, dear. <laughs> they were trapped in a corner. And it seemed to have no escape. What were they going to do? I love the resolve of, of Daniel here. Verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself. They made a decision that they were going to obey God and live their lives according to God's word. Daniel was a man of steel. He, he, he did what Moses did. Uh, he, he just stood his ground, as it were. And, and with a mind renewed by truth, we can make decisions that will help us to swim against the tide. Have you ever swam against the tide? Have you? Do you not swim in this church? No? Nobody go, ever goes swimming in the sea? Ever gone swimming in the sea? Yeah. You know what it's like when you swim against the tide? Hard sometimes, isn't it? It's easy to go with the flow, isn't it? Hard to swim against the tide. When I became a Christian, just thinking about this the other day, many years ago, 1968, how many years ago is that? Work it out quickly now. Come on, how was that? 40, brilliant, brilliant. 48 years ago. At, at that time, there was, there was a very well-known uh, song uh, which went like this. I have decided to follow Jesus. Any, any of the ones? Oh, sorry, I'm trying not to point out the more senior amongst us, but the more senior amongst us. <laughs> sorry, dear. You know I'm <laughs> Yeah, the more senior amongst us, you know, Pat, do you remember? Oh, dear, I'm sorry. The more senior amongst us remember that song. I have decided to follow Jesus. They used to sing it at the Billy Graham conferences and rallies all the time. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, yet I will follow. The cross before me, the world behind me. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have to say that I've lived my life. My Christian life has been lived in the light of that decision. I have decided to follow Jesus. And Daniel and his, his compatriots, they, were, they resolved that they were not going to eat the king's meat. They were not going to defile themselves. But they were going to swim against the tide. And God is calling his, his church. God is calling his, his children. Wherever we are, in our workplace, in university, wherever it is, God is calling us to swim against the tide. And how many know that can be hard work at times? All right, going on quickly. What about the qualities that he had? What, what kind of qualities that, that they had, they displayed? Uh, Daniel and Fred had quality which, which enabled them to swim against the tide, as it were. 
they, they were determined that they were going to be nonconformist. Uh, these qualities enable them to embrace nonconformity and uh, rather than, than conformity. For, first of all, there was, and this is very simple, self-discipline. Now, Jesus, he talks about self-denial. It's not going very good for me this morning. I'm losing, losing everything. Uh, he, he talks about it in, in Mark chapter 9. Now, 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 notice the words of Jesus here. Mark chapter 9 and 43. He says this. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Wow, that's pretty drastic, isn't it? Did we bring a hatchet along with us this morning? Anybody bring a hatchet? No? Okay. It is better for you to enter life maimed than have two hands and go into hell. And then he said, if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life and cripple than to have two feet and be cast into outer darkness. And they said, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes. Now, what is Jesus talking about here? Now, obviously, he's not talking that we have to literally do this. Or we'd have a lot of eyeless, feetless, handless Christians, wouldn't we? He's just talking about self-denial. Make no mistake about it. The king's food would have been delicious, I would imagine. Yummy. Look at that. Done to perfection. To deny themselves this food would have been an act of incredible self-discipline. I, I believe in discipline in the Christian life, do you? Self-discipline. It's an actual fact that it's the fruit of the Spirit. When we do what is right as Christians, I guarantee you this, all of heaven's resources will be with you to help you. So, the qualities that he displayed were, 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 were self-discipline. And then, obviously, um, courage is, as well. Now, in allowing Daniel and his friends not to eat the meat, the king's official knew he was putting his life at risk. Read the story. In fact, when you get home today, go and read all of Daniel chapter 1. Uh, you'll, you'll get the full picture. But in the king's official, not in allowing them to eat the food, he knew that he was putting his own life on the line as, 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 as well. His actions would have outraged the, the king, but, but, he, but he had the courage to stick to his convictions. Now, these four young men take on the most powerful man of that particular time because they had the bottle to do it. And later in the book of Daniel, Daniel and his friends um, their courage was put to the test again. Daniel's three friends knew the consequences of not bowing to the image. Actually, the book of Daniel is full of so much practical teaching. Just read it. It'll bless you. I know a lot of prophecy and so on. But, but you know, just read the, 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 the practical stuff about Daniel and his friends. Refusing to bow to the image. It was going to be put to the test later in the book of Daniel. He knew the consequences of not bowing to the image. It was, it was death when the music played. You had to bow down. But Daniel knew the consequences when he, we, when he carried out uh, what he did here. When he carried on praying to his God. When they were told not to pray to any God. 
The Bible says this about the Christians. The Bible says that Christians are as bold as lions. As bold as lions. But I want to say this. Christianity is not for wimps. Christianity is something that you need to have a bit of backbone. Being a Christian is not for the faint-hearted. It, 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 takes, it takes courage to say, I believe that is for marriage and only marriage. It takes courage to say that. It takes courage not to go with a crowd. It takes courage to stand alone. It takes courage, you know, when, when you're under peer pressure. You know what one of my favorite movies is? Should I tell you? I, many years ago, I used to be a cinema projectionist. So I saw some movies two or three dozen times. So I, a movie comes on that says, oh, I remember that. I showed that 20 times in the Curzon Cinema, Belfast, Homer Road, going back in, in the 60s, before some of you were even thought of. <laughs> but one of my favorite, and, and I, I want to watch this with my, with my grandchildren, but my, my daughter, she still won't let me because she's afraid it's going to scare them. So I said, it won't scare them, but never mind. That's another story. But it's The Wizard of Oz. You ever see The Wizard of Oz? You were off to see The Wizard. All together now, the wonderful, all right, okay, you don't want to sing, that's okay. We hear, here's a wonderful wizard, all right, the Wizard of Oz, all right. You know who, you know who my favorite is? Maybe it's because he's reflected in me, but I, I, like, I like the cowardly lion. You know, when he, he tries to get the impression he's tough. Uh, he said, even counting sheep scares me, he said. Every Christian, I believe, needs uh, an infusion of courage if we're going to swim against the flow of this world. Because some people will ridicule the stand that we take. I'm taking a stand here. I, I, I don't do that. You'll be ridiculed. You need courage to swim against the flow. Look what it says in verse 15. And I've almost finished. And, and Daniel puts out a, a challenge. He says, he says at, at the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than, than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables and said to those four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to them, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and he found none equal. And then it says in verse 20, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned him, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. It's a great story, isn't it? Wow. You know what? God honors those that honor him, doesn't he? If you honor God the way you live your life, 
by not just giving in to the ways of this world. If you honor God, God will honor you. When, when you do that which is right, God will honor your testimony. You will stand out when you, when you make a stand. People will notice when you don't go with the crowd. Incidentally, they will. People will notice when you don't go with the crowd. And they'll come to you and they'll ask you, why? Love it or hate it, when someone goes against the flow, you notice it. You can't help but notice it. Um, I've got a quote from a, um, who was a man who was considered probably the greatest preacher of the last, of the last century, Martin Lloyd-Jones. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Um, I've, I had the privilege of hearing him preach on one occasion in um, Purley in Surrey many years ago when I was at, when I was at Bible school. And Martin Lloyd-Jones, he, he made this comment. And, and listen very carefully to this. He says, that the glory of the gospel is when the church is absolutely different from the world, she invariably attracts it. It is then that the world is made to listen to her message, though they may hate it at first. Now, by being, by being different to the world, it doesn't mean that we, we, we dress differently. It doesn't mean that. I mean, look, look at this fellow here this morning. This is terrible, isn't it? Never, but never mind. <laughs> no, it just means that in our, in our attitudes and in so many different ways, we're just different. We'll, we'll, we'll stand out like sore thumbs. We, we will not go with the flow. If, if I could give this message a message, a title, it would be very simply this. Don't go with the flow. Swim against it. Hey, you young people. I used to be a young person once, but believe me, you find that hard to believe, don't you? But I, but I was. And I tell you, as a young person, I knew at times, boy, it was hard to, to swim against the flow. Tough. But all of heaven's resources are there for us to help us to make a difference, to stand out like sore thumbs as were. So my encouragement to you, swim against the flow. Don't go with the flow. Swim against it. And God will honor your testimony.